Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. Plush Care is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High-quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style. This is Let's Do the Right Thing in association with RadioWorks. Presented and curated by Adam Hopkinson. This is the LBTRT podcast, brought in conjunction with Passion Media and Radio Work. It was set up to tell the story of leaders in the media industries, focusing on their journeys and motivations. I myself launched a media agency last year, Passion, to focus on fashion, entertainment and leisure verticals, and I've had loads of great advice in doing so, and quite a lot of it from guests indeed on this podcast, and I'm still on the mission and the hunt for the best, best advice. Delighted today to be speaking with Catherine Pereira, uh, Managing Director at Applied Design, Previously, Catherine was Group Manager Director at McGarry Bowen, where she helped rebrand a number of very well-known brands, including Verizon, Marriott, JP Morgan, Chase, Century 21, Counts Media, the Blue Man Group, which incidentally, I worked on the Blue Man Group over here. Um, but that's really not what we're going to be talking about today. We want to talk about how you, Catherine, have built the strategy for purely and uniquely purpose-first brands. Um, I think we're going to dive into the importance um, uh, of inclusive branding and packaging and this topic that we've not discussed here before. So anyway, look, I've had loads of coffee today. Before we start, Catherine, hello. Thanks for joining us. How are you? Hi, I'm great. Thanks so much for having me. You're, you're, you're very welcome. You're very welcome. We last spoke at the, the end of January when it's freezing cold with sleet. And I think we probably had one of the best introductory phone calls um, that I've had to anybody who's appeared on, the, on this podcast. And I, I want to really touch into where we got with that. I find it astonishing how smart the conversation that we had was about pulling through brand values and purpose into packaging. Can you tell us what you've done? And if you're comfortable to tell us what the brand is that you did this for. Sure, absolutely. So this was done in partnership with my client, Clean Logic. Um, full transparency. Um, it's a company that's owned by my husband and his business partner. So it was a really unique opportunity to work on the agency side and partner very, very closely with a client and really understand their inner workings as a business, which I think helped uh, the strategy come along. One of the big passion points for my husband and his business partner is about DEI and A. The A stands for accessibility and it's one aspect of diversity and inclusion that people don't talk about quite as frequently, but it's becoming more and more of a topic these days. My husband's mother is blind. Um, and so accessibility is always front and center in his mind. So as we started to work with them and develop their strategy, we had to figure out how to look at their products, which are 
bath and beauty products, mostly like exfoliators for your skin. And then what they were doing from a passionate and philanthropic standpoint in terms of um, trying to invest in technology to help people who are blind enter the workforce. So those seem like very disparate things, um, but they're not, right? So we were able to unite them under one strategy, but then we needed to take it a step further, right? How do we make their desire for accessibility come through in the product? And the answer was to take a look at the packaging and how, how accessible was that packaging? We had to really like evaluate it and understand because we wanted to make sure that they were living their passion and they were living their purpose and they were doing it in all aspects of their business. So the, just to be clear on, on the, the, the product, um, it's, it's not designed solely for um, a, a, an individual group of people. It's for everybody. Exfoliators, soft skin for everybody. Um, but the packaging features Braille. Exactly. Yeah, right. So, I'll so, send so, you some beard yeah, scrubbers. Yeah, yeah, really love it. And no, nobody can see what we're doing at the minute, but I'm just pointing at my blotchy red face in the UK and uh, dropping hints here. But so, so the, so, so you're, you're, it's inclusive, really, the product. It, it's not specific mm-hmm. for, 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 okay. Um, then, okay, so you bring in Braille, and I found it, and I, and I, I remember the conversation we had, and I still find it particularly fascinating that it's a beauty product specifically that, that you have gone towards including or making more inclusive and accessible for a blind community that's that's the thing that i find particularly mm-hmm. exciting about what you're doing great to have a a really core value that is the stem of the business that, that you've done but can you tell me more about it i mean how far does that that inclusivity expand is it into the team is it into the marketing the representations of the brand well so this is the fun part so when we were developing the strategy we were able to develop a strategy that didn't just speak to the products that they were producing but also the way in which they wanted to run their business and the core of the strategy is this idea of nice and clean right nice and clean speaks to the products that they provide which are you know bath exfoliators um, but it also speaks to how they want to live and run their company right? They're good guys who make great products and who just want to have a great work environment where they're employing people um, who are productive and happy and everything. So what we help them do through this nice and clean strategy, it became a lens for their business that they could apply to everything. So everything from finance to HR to product development, you always are asking yourself the question, is this nice and clean? Is this the right thing to do? Is this good for your body? Is it good for, you know, the environment? Um, Is it good for the people who work here? Is it good for the retailers, et cetera? Um, So it really is a touchstone for them. What it's enabled them to do is think differently about their business and how they want to expand and grow. So that got them thinking about, you know, they're passionate about uh, helping originally started with helping people who are blind or visually impaired gain employment, right? That's where their philanthropic arm was sort of reaching based on my husband's mother's history. Um, But then it was, you know, how do we live that every day here? What can we do to create employment opportunities here for people who have disability? And the answer was, they're just going to build a factory. They can start creating product here in the U.S., and open up a factory that will employ people with disability to help make the product. So it would be a made in the USA product um, at a factory planning on uh, launching sometime in uh, 2024, 2025, not exactly sure. But that is the objective that they're working towards. Amazing. So again, you know, to, to launch with 
with a genuine DNA and a genuine purpose first to be extending that into your workforce. It's, it, it's phenomenal. It, it's such a wonderful thing that you're doing. Um, how did the strategy go? I mean, what, what difference did it make? I mean, I mean we can answer that in, in two ways, if, if you don't mind. Uh, that certainly from a, a well-being and a goodwill that must have generated an awful lot amongst the community that, that you're helping. But from a bottom line point of view for the business, what did what you having an inclusive, accessible packaging do for the brand? I mean, it helped them in immeasurable ways. I mean, you can sure point to the bottom line, and I think that's really important, obviously, for good reason. But um, there's more than just that. There's such a bigger impact. Um, you know, they went from what was essentially a commodities type company, right? They just they made products to um, to being a true brand, right? They have a central point of focus their core strategy, and they're really trying to execute it through every single channel. So there's a cohesion there that definitely didn't exist before. And there's a reason for being that consumers can see, frankly, like right off the shelf. We've managed to infuse that spirit into the packaging, into the physical design of the product as well, um, so that you understand that there is something behind this, that there's thought behind this, that there's intention behind this. Um, And I think that that's really powerful. I, I absolutely agree, and, and, and I, I, I think the, the thing that I, I wanted to start sort of moving towards in the conversation was was how was that that strategy proliferating? I mean, you bringing it to other brands. You, you mentioned that the, the um, that Clean Logic is is your husband's business, and you're in the advertising agency side of things. So, if you're seeing success in there, are you, are you bringing it to other things? Are you going to be like the champion of accessible packaging in the US? Is that kind of where you're seeing yourself going? Um, I don't know if that's necessarily where we're taking it as an agency. I think that it's good as an agency that we know that that's an important thing that we can bring forward to our clients as they develop packaging for their products. But I think at the end of the day, the most responsible thing that you can do as an agency is represent your client individually mm-hmm. and their specific strategy. So while I'm certainly want all of our packaging to be as accessible as possible. I also need to make sure that their other client strategies are coming through in their packaging as well. But yes, we know now a ton about accessibility um, and the importance of it. So we've also done work in the past, for example, for Braille Institute. And one of the things that we developed for them was a custom font. So people who have low vision or other types of vision impairment have trouble sometimes seeing the differences between letters and it makes it you know, very tricky to read, even most basic signage. So we developed a unique font that allows people, it has very different characters. Um, so you can tell the difference, for example, between an, an uppercase B and the number eight um, okay. or an I and an L. Most fonts are graded or judged based on their symmetry and their beauty, right? But that can become very, very difficult to to see um, if you have a limited vision. So my point being, though, is that, yes, it's something that we consider in every aspect of what we do. We definitely want to make solutions for our clients that are accessible to everybody. Uh, But we also want to make sure that our clients' individual business strategies are coming through in their work. So, again, you know, the, the deeper that we are getting into the conversation, the the deeper your responses are coming about how far-reaching your, your strategy is in, 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 in delivering against the, the accessibility need 
is anybody else doing this? I mean, because it's, I remember in January, I mean, it was only like yesterday or forever ago, depending on, you know, how you look at it. Right. But it was, um, I mean, I remember being really quite amazed then about, you know, are there other people doing this kind of thing? Are there, are there, is that level of strategy being applied across the board right now? I don't know, but I certainly hope so. I mean, I know that there are other brilliant minds in this industry, brilliant, brilliant strategic minds and very passionate people who are great at working with clients and selling through big ideas um, and really keeping the teams focused and on strategy. So I'm sure that there are other people. Um, I know that there are. Um, is the focus DEINA specific? Not necessarily. So I think it's important. I think everybody should be thinking that way. I think that the very best um, really do think that way. We're becoming a more inclusive world for the better, even if there's yeah, pushback sometimes to that, but we're going to get there. Um, and this is how marketing can play its part and really help push that forward. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with Plush Care. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at PlushCare.com slash weight loss. That's PlushCare.com slash weight loss. PlushCare.com slash weight loss. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. Wow. Nice. Yeah. What you're hearing are the sounds of people everywhere putting on Bomba socks, underwear, and T-shirts made from absurdly soft materials that feel like plush clouds. Yeah, that plush. And the best part? For every item you purchase, Bombas donates another to someone facing homelessness. Bombas. Big comfort for everyone. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. That's bombas.com slash ACAST. Code ACAST. There's a fascinating case study that, that, that you'll be building from doing this because, you know, un, un, unlike other tests, you, you would have had minimal pushback from the brand in, in adopting this and, and thinking like this. So, so, so it then becomes kind of almost incumbent on you to take this to the world to say, look, this is what we've done. And this is the effect that it's had on these people's lives, on their well-being, on their employ employability. And indeed, you know, the brand values and, of course, you know, we've got to get the, the bottom line. Um, the, the A in um, the D, E and I, uh, A, as it's not something that we hear particularly in the UK. Is it turning into a common phrase in the US? It's not, actually. It's something that is starting to be talked about now, but it's really in its nascent stages. Um, you know, diversity, equity, inclusion, it's an amazing goal, purpose, but it is missing the accessibility component. And it, so it still right. doesn't include everybody. It doesn't bring everyone into the loop. Um, and that there are a lot of companies now that are starting to try to think outside the box in terms of, you know, how can we bring everybody in, not just from a consumer standpoint, but also from an employment standpoint. There's a lot of untapped talent out there um, that isn't being leveraged to its fullest or at all. 
right? So how do we create opportunities that we can actually be using all the talent at hand? You may actually have the sort of numbers to hand on this, but as a, as a ballpark gets, what percentage of the, the, the US population would you say had, had needs for accessibility to be addressed? That is a great question that I don't have the answer to, but honestly, I think the number is going to be higher than you think it is. Yeah. And part of that is because we're just starting to really understand the myriad of ways that disability affects people and people who are impacted that you would never necessarily think about um, being impacted. My husband, because of his, you know, mother and background, his first thought was, you know, for people who are blind or visually impaired. But when he really started to dig into this idea of accessibility, he started to learn that there were groups far beyond that that were not entering the workforce because it wasn't set up for them. You know, when you talk about the word disabled, you're not talking about the person. There's nothing wrong with these people. It's a world that hasn't accommodated them appropriately. Like we have not created a world that brings everybody in yet. Absolutely. And so, right. And so it's a ton of untapped potential um, that we really need to start looking into and to create a more abled world across the board. And I, I completely agree and I completely support it. And I think it's amazing and hats off to you. Um, the, the, the reason that I asked about the, the percentage, and, and it wasn't to put you on the spot to come up with a number, I'm just curious on, on a ballpark. So we were always taught in, in, our, in our early days of, of, of advertising that brands exist in the minds of the consumers, not in the minds of the marketeers. And it's the brands in the minds of the consumers that create the loyalty and the, the relationship with them. It's really interesting then that there is a, the need of the industry to adopt the understanding of those who have accessibility issues, uh, whatever they might be, into the thinking of the brand. So can you see that there might be a wholesale change in the way that everything appears? You, you've already mentioned that, that you've built a new font and a new way of you know, representing words to, to people that may be visually impaired, etc. Can you see if we really do get into this, is there a nirvana somewhere down the line where everything has been completely changed to allow it to be absorbed? I mean, by that everybody? does sound like nirvana. <laughs> I hope so. I hope we get there and think it would be an amazing place. And I think that there would be so many advantages that we don't even realize right now um, to yeah. creating that way. I think, I think it's a really important way of thinking um, and executing. I do. Yeah. I think what could come out of that is beyond what we could imagine. Well, I guess then that it's, it's our job to start imagining what it could be, right? Right, yeah. And it seems like such a big task because it is, but I guess if we all just started like one client at a time, one project at a time, I mean, marketing alone isn't going to change the world, but we have a huge impact, much bigger than we actually realize sometimes. Oh, yeah. You know, I think the day in and day out, you know, the saying is always like, well, it's not brain surgery or it's not rocket science. Um but it's impactful. Um, you know, it has the ability to reach millions and millions of people, what we do, right? And change thinking. I mean, that is actually the goal of marketing, right? Is to get people to think a certain way. Yes, absolutely. It's a, it's a huge opportunity, I think. Um, and it would be interesting. Yeah, I, I absolutely agree. And in the time that I've been in advertising, you know, things have changed from you know, targeting a, I don't know, say 25 to 54 audience. And, and that's because that's where the peak is in your bell curve of, of your mm -hmm. consumers. You know, it's gone much further along than that because obviously every single one of those people within the 25 to 54 category have completely different 
ways of thinking, completely different life stages, the ability, income, etc., to do things differently. But of course, the thing that we've never really thought about before, or actually, or at least I haven't, is the, the accessibility that they have to a brand. I think we need to come at it holistically. And what I mean by that is, I think right now, across the board, we're doing the things that we need to do to check the boxes for accessibility. You know, okay, we put closed caption on that and we, you know, did whatever we had to do for digital to make that interface more accessible and and everything. And we described our images, et cetera, et cetera. But those are sort of like back-end patchwork approaches. What if you, in your creative process, what if one of the mandates was this needs to be accessible to everybody? Whatever this ad is, whatever this print piece is, whatever this out-of-home experience is, you know, how is it accessible for everybody? And if you went in designing that way versus coming at it at the back end and just sort of fixing up a little bit here and a little bit there so that people, you know, with disability could have some idea or some exposure, like some is not enough. Everybody should be able to have these experiences. And, you know, from a marketing standpoint, everybody's a consumer too. Um, so we do want to touch everybody, but like think of how that could change your work if you approached it from that standpoint. I think there's an open letter in what you just said to um, add marketing week, add age, or, or something like that, and laying down a challenge. You know, that there's there's got to be a, a catalyst to it because you're quite right. You know, until you're exposed to it, you don't think about it. And what are we going to call it? The uh, Pereira challenge. <laughs> Pereira challenge. I like that. All right, we're going to lay it down. No, you're right. I think that there should be yeah. a, a bigger call towards this in our industry. I, I do think it is critically important um, and not something that necessarily has comes at a huge expense either. I think if you just bake it into the process, bake it into the way that you're thinking and the way that you're developing, um, you know, it's just the cost of doing good, good business, not just business. It is. And um- and, and, and it's, it's a really interesting phrase that you, you, you say there, you know, the cost of doing good business, because the, I think the brands, you know, the businesses that, who, who are going to survive the next five years are going to have authenticity at their very core and won't be the ones that are box checking and, you know, list ticking. Um, so, yeah, you know, we, we've done that. We did a project to, to try and include certain demographic or whatever it might be. It'll be those that have got it built into their very core which of course you do. I love that idea of of the brands that have the passion and the brands that have focus and the brands that have purpose being the ones that at the end of the day win out Um, because they're the ones where people go in there every single day with their heart and their soul and try to make a difference in the world through what they're doing. Um, And I think what I've learned is you don't have to be, you know, specifically in that field to leverage what you're doing in your field to make things better for everybody, right? How would you take a a company that makes exfoliators for the bath, right? And turn that into a bigger movement, something that could actually help people. How is that bath poof going to help somebody? I mean, it's kind of a ridiculous notion on its head, but then dig deeper, you can find ways to have real purpose. You can find a way for that poof to make a difference in people's lives. It's incredible. Absolutely, and you know the you've probably gone for the hardest category to do it in, um, and possibly the a, a, a quite distant 
from a distant one from you know the the, the accessibility that, that that you're after. So you know you 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 you're pioneering this. You're you're, you're driving an agenda, you know, brilliantly. It will be adopted. It will be understood. It will be taken up. And you're laying down a challenge to everybody else to do it because you've done the harder one. Um, everybody else doesn't have an excuse now. That's true. I hope not. I'm coming for all of you that have excuses. <laughs> they don't fly with me anymore. Um, look, when I first started in this industry, and maybe it was just because I was young and didn't have like the full experience, you know, I thought it was really an industry about selling stuff to people, right? Um, oh. And it's through projects like this where I realized like what we do is so much greater than that, or it can be so much greater than that. It can be so much more impactful. And I'm so proud of the work that I do now. You know, when my daughter is older and can understand because at 15 months, Hey, I'm her hero just for picking her up off the floor um, and giving her a hug. So that's easy win. But you know, when she gets older and I explain to her what I do, I'm going to be able to tell her about how I can, help people, help communities, help businesses um, grow, flourish, and also um, be inclusive and accepting. Um, and how, I just think that's amazing. You know, it's such, it's a, a much higher calling um, than just selling stuff to people. I, I hear what you're saying. And, and, and I like the, the, the way that this, this projects into the future. So your daughter's 15 months now. It's, you know, th things don't change or move quickly. You know, I would imagine in 15, maybe 20 years time, what you're doing now will be a properly ingrained way of thinking for everybody. And you'll see it in the way that the world looks and how brands appear. But your daughter will see it and it will be absolutely natural to her. And you'll be mm -hmm. able to say, yeah, I did that. Yeah. yeah. I mean, it would be great to honestly live in a world where I would not be invited onto this podcast because the thing I did wouldn't have been that impressive. It would have been table stakes. I wish for the day that accessibility is table stakes. I really do. I think we're going to be so much better for it. it I think that but it has to it happen. Will. It has to start somewhere. Right. Yeah. And I think there's been a lot of effort toward it. Um, but I, I really think it's the momentum is picking up. We feel it. Um, and so it, it's getting more and more exciting every single day. That's for sure. Thinking about in industry recognition for, for the work that you're doing at the minute, were you going to enter this into something like Cannes, where it would stand out considerably? I mean, that's interesting. I guess we didn't think about it much at the time. It was COVID times and things were a little bit strange. Um, everyone always says, oh, you're not in it for the awards. And I'm actually, I'm not. I'm not a big awards person. But what I think is great about awards is that it brings awareness. Um, so that's a, that's a good question. I probably should go back and talk to my client about a bit more because um, if it can bring more awareness to this cause and this purpose, then it's really important. Uh, to absolutely. It. Absolutely. Right. You know, awards are for the next people through the door who see mm -hmm. that you've got recognition for, for the work that you're doing and, you know, you deserve recognition for the work that you're doing. Well, I appreciate um, in, in the UK, the utility companies have a, a requirement to be sending their bills out with a Braille version if it's needed. Uh, and this is, I think, being uh, mandated by law. Can you, can you see the point at any time in the future whereby there may be you know, rules and requirements um, for brands to be considering accessibility in all markets? I think that I, I could see that, right? But I'm... I'm hedging because I hope that it doesn't come to that. 
I mean, I really, I guess I have a lot of faith in humanity. I hope that we can get there without requiring laws to do so. Um, that might be incredibly naive on my part, but um, if that's what it takes, then it's certainly worth doing. Um, but I, I, I'll believe anyway, and I'll hold out hope that we can get there without it. Well, the thing that would um, would encourage it to happen without any kind of like legal framework around it would be coming back to to the bottom line conversation that we had about what what difference does this actually make to a business and we've just actually had some numbers being sent through from the engineering studio of the actual numbers of in in the us of the the population and it's 12 million americans over 40 have some kind of visual impairment and one in four and 26 percent so my 15 to 20 wasn't too bad of adults in the us have some sort of disability so if you then bring it back to the thing that will encourage all businesses to to, to actually adopt this and move this without regulation. It's the size of the market. And the size mm -hmm. of the market is another 86 million people in the US. So maybe you're right, you don't need it. Right. Fingers crossed. I mean, hopefully not. It's really about, you know, how many people is this gonna impact? How many people can we reach? How many people can we bring in? And if you're missing, you know, 25% of the people, you're missing a huge chunk. That's a lot of people. The, the, the name of the podcast is, is Let's Do the Right Thing, which, which I love that, that you have your, your mantra of nice and clean. My, mine came from um, you know, a, a business that I was in that had to keep getting people to, to focus on what it is that we were trying to achieve and what it is we're trying to change. And we got to do the right thing, not the easy thing, you know, the right thing. Make it so that this is going to be something we can be proud of and sustainable and it's going to be great. Um, you are doing that. Um, let's do the right thing is the is the name of the podcast, which again, as I say, is about doing the right thing in the world of advertising, and that that you have created, you know, even a, even another piece of jargon. I, I think it's it's terrific. So you know, you, you really are. You, you win the let's do the right thing challenge. Now let's see if we can win the Pereira one. There we go. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you for listening to Let's Do the Right Thing in association with Radio Works the UK's largest independent radio advertising agency. Let's Do the Right Thing is a Maple Street Creative production, devised and presented by Adam Hopkinson.